Good afternoon. This is your host, Debbie Harris, with In Hot Pursuit, where we strive to bring you biblical truth and introspection and stir your heart to hunger after God. Thank you all for joining me uh, today during this midweek pod chat. And I just really wanted to uh, share really what God has been laying on my heart. Um, So I entitled this Transformed by Serving. And um, I really believe that you guys are going to be encouraged and strengthened um, and uplifted by this particular discussion that we have today. So let's go ahead as our usual custom and go ahead and prepare the atmosphere for our discussion today. I'm 
So, yes, that song is by Jonathan Trailer, and it is entitled, And Your Dreams Are Bigger. And it's a powerful song, right? And so when I thought about um, doing this midweek pod chat, um, you know, just kind of reflecting and thinking about life, right? Just thinking about um the promises of God, and then just thinking about how sometimes things play, um, play out in life, and um, it may not always go our way or meet our ex- expectations, um, but this is a reminder that um, God has really called us into service, right? And if we keep our eyes on serving him, will come to discover what this song says that his dreams are bigger um, than we can imagine, right? His plans for us. You know, Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, you know, I know the thoughts that I have for you, right? Um, Plans of good and not evil to bring you to an expected end. Um, So it's a reminder that it doesn't matter really what it looks like. It doesn't matter um, if there is a delay. God's plans for us are always bigger than we could imagine for ourselves. And so I just wanted to stop by and encourage you. Um, and I know it encouraged me. And I said, you know, and when I was sitting, sitting reflecting, um, you know, on... Maybe I'm really reflective because my birthday is coming up, but really reflective of this journey and this walk with God. And sometimes we get our expectations up and we're like, oh, well, it didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. God, what's going on? (laughs) Um, What are you doing here? And then he comes and often reminds us that... um, that he's called us into service. So that's what we really should be focusing on. And I know as I came into the new year, even before I came into the new year, my heart posture is just to serve. Uh, even in my business endeavors and my marriage, it's like, you know, I don't make New Year's resolutions, but my heart is just to serve. And I think when we keep that attitude, then it helps distinguish all these other expectations that we may have. And it prevents us from really becoming really uh, hardened or disappointed or dismayed um, by all these other things. If we keep the right perspective that God, he changes our life as we continue to follow him and serve him. And so I really wanted to draw from two different stories today and I'm going to really tap in on you know about the story of Joseph and a story of Elijah because when I think about both of them I'm looking at how they served and how they continue to serve um and they both of them I mean both of the stories <laughs> uh, there are some contrasts and some comparisons in these stories and everybody knows I mean you have to look at Genesis 37 all the way to uh, Genesis 47 and really to 
grabs the whole story of Joseph. Uh, you know, Joseph um, was favored by his father because he, his father had conceived him in his old age and his brothers hated him. And he was referred to as the dreamer. Now, um, when you look at chapter 37, Genesis chapter 37, verse 6, it tells us, I'm sorry, verse 5, it said, Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. And so, I mean, it's so much meat in Joseph and I really don't have time to extract it all. So I'm just going to pull out some things and then you can go read it at your leisure. But um, I'm going to talk about Joseph and Elijah today and kind of really encourage you um, and talk about how God transforms us um, by serving, transformed by serving. And oftentimes um, we may have a promise or a dream that we feel that God is placed in our heart and we may not know um, the process or the journey or even understand the fullness of what God has um, planted in our hearts. And so sometimes along the journey of life, uh, we can lose sight of what God promised us because of the circumstances or the situation. We're looking at our present situation, our present circumstances, and then asking, where is God? But he is right in the midst of it. But if we keep the proper perspective as Joseph did, because he continued to serve even though the journey looked like it was so far away from the, from the dream that God gave him. I mean, can you imagine being called the dreamer and God giving you a dream about your life? And then, uh, your life takes, um, man, this, this turn and it don't look nothing like the dream. <laughs> Joseph's life didn't look nothing like the dream that he, that, that he had, um, that God had given him early on. And, um, Sometimes you can interpret it and see um, the dreams of others coming into fruition. You here, Joseph is. I mean, I'm I'm going to be jumping ahead, but here Joseph is. It said that God gave him a dream, but his brothers hated him. But there was a little bit of favoritism in this particular story, right? And and they may have been feeling justified in their jealousy or whatnot. But God had. But really, Joseph shared his dream, but he really didn't have an understanding at the time. Right. He was young and he really didn't understand the fullness of what God was revealing to him, even in that dream. And as we see Joseph, when we read, um, like I said, from 37, chapter 37 to 42, we start seeing that Joseph, um, God is maturing Joseph and also sharpening and refining Joseph's gift. Um, but I believe when he revealed his dream, he revealed it prematurely, but he, he was also young and uh, unequipped and didn't understand even his gift or what God was saying to him uh, or was showing him. He didn't have understanding and and he continued to share it um, prematurely and he was sharing it with people um, not understanding that there was... <laughs> Some animosity um, just because of relationship, the difference of relationship with a parent, right? The favoritism that that was 
that was seen or, or conducted. Either he didn't see it, he didn't recognize it. I mean, I don't know what the what the case is, but you see that animosity there. You see that they try to kill Joseph. They caught him, you know, the dreamer. Um, and he was sold into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house. I mean, but it said that the Lord was with Joseph. Um, you know, and that just reminds me that God will complete what he started, right? And he was still with Joseph even uh, through this process and to, through this journey, which seems like, you know, he had a lot of unjust things happen to him. But I think during that process, God was just refining him and molding him and really perfecting his character, right? And so we see Joseph, you know, even when he is falsely accused by Potiphar's wife um, of trying to violate her, right, in a sexual way, even though he didn't, he was falsely accused, he ended up thrown in the prison. And, and by many standards, he should have been killed, you know, I mean, you're you're a Hebrew slave and you've been trusted with all of your master's stuff. And now um, Potiphar's wife had a piece of his cloth and she used that to. You know, maybe she felt scorned because he kept denying her, but she came up with this fabricated story of him violating, violating her. And then Joseph ends up in prison. Something he didn't do, you know, and, but, but here it said, it said, but God, <laughs> but God was with Joseph. I mean, I just look at this story and I think of, um, the, the, uh, parallels of my own life and how God has been with me through the misfortunes of life and how, when I think of it, I get really emotional about how God hand has been with me throughout this walk and journey with, with the Lord, um, how God doesn't leave us. And I've had, you know, many, many people have had things that were unfortunate or maybe even unfair that happened to them. And so when I was a child, you know, going through sexual abuse, being in foster care, you know, um, and then to see God's hand in my life, you know, a lot of times I'm overwhelmed because, you know, is life perfect? No, but life is good because God is present. My God, I got to say that again. Life is good because God is present. In his presence, he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And so when we um, begin to take a step back and look at Sometimes we get so fixated on the on the disappointment or we get so so fixated on the things that have happened to us that we cannot see his goodness. But if we would just stand back and we we would be able to see God's hand was still present with us, just like it was with Joseph in the midst of un, unfortunate situations that may have not um, may have not being just here he is in prison but the, it said but God was with Joseph and still favored him in prison and put him over <laughs> and put him over put him in put him in a high position even in prison 
And here Joseph is still serving when he sees, you know, the cup barrier, barrier, the king through his, uh, some of his officials in jail, because uh, evidently he didn't like their performance or their conduct. But he's seen that after these officials and the cup bearer and the baker, they both have this dream. But Joseph, here's something interesting. Joseph is in there. He's in prison for something he didn't do. God gives him favor. He's over these people. But the way he cared for them um, and the way he served was, was so... <laughs> exemplary right it was just man I mean he saw that the officials were sad you know they were they had this dream and their continents had changed right I mean that's care that's you not just going about your daily routine and regiments <laughs> but you cared enough to notice that man something about your continents that's changed and Joseph asked the cupbearer and he asked them he said why are you sad uh we look at that in genesis chapter 40 when joseph came to them the next morning he saw that they were dejected so he asked pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house why do you look so sad today I mean, he ain't just serving, y'all. He is really concerned and expressing care um, for, for these people who are, are in custody and prison with him in his master's house. And they began to tell Joseph the disturbing dreams that they had, and each of them had, and... And then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. So Joseph knew something about God and he still continued to recognize God. He still continued to follow and serve after God, even in the midst of his condition. I mean, y'all, there is so much meat in this transformed by serving his whole life. Um, was getting ready to be, God was getting ready to restore Joseph. Why? Because he continued to serve with such excellence in a hard place. He continued to serve with such excellence in a hard place. So what I want to encourage you to do is don't lose your perspective no matter what it looks like. <laughs> don't lose your perspective uh, no matter what it looks like fix your heart and your mind on Jesus and following after him and on serving don't get caught up in all of these other things don't get caught up in in um you know accolades and and notoriety and and acceptance from people but just fix your eyes on Jesus and continue to follow after him and serve him in excellence and that's what Joseph really did and it, it, like I said it just boggles me how 
God gave Joseph this dream at the age of 17, showing that he was going to be a leader. But I don't really believe that Joseph understood even his gifts, his talents, his abilities, how God was going to bring this to pass. I mean, he prematurely shared his dream. And then we see the processing, the character molding and making the journey of Joseph and how, and, but then we see how God through ser- Joseph continued to serve. Joseph didn't become bitter and he didn't become hardened by his circumstances that, and God was still with him and he still continued to use his gift to serve. Even though he himself had a dream that had not yet been fulfilled. <laughs> Transformed by serving y'all. <laughs> Man. I love God's word because it gives us perspective. Sometimes we get so caught up in all of these other things. And God is just calling us. He's calling us into service. He transforms our character in service while we continue to follow after him. And so my encouragement to you, my encouragement to myself is just to continue to be faithful in service. Now, again, that's my heart. That's been my heart um, from the beginning of the year, from the last part of the year. It's just to serve and to use my gifts and my talents, everything God gave to me. That's what Joseph said. Joseph said, it's not me that is interpreting your dreams. It's, it's the Lord. It's not me that, that. So understanding he kept offering his gifts back up to the Lord. He, he didn't take any uh, vain credit for his gifts or his talents or his abilities. He continued to recognize that what he had and what he it wasn't, it wasn't of himself. It was of God. He said, he said, it's not God, the God that can interpret dreams. When uh, his Pharaoh, when the cupbearer finally remembered Joseph, it seemed like he forgot. It said two years went by even after, because Joseph had revealed the, the interpretation of the baker's dreams and the cupbearer's dreams. And, all of the things that he interpreted came to pass. But before he even interpreted, he recognized that God is the God that interprets dreams. Right? So whether it's a teaching gift, whether you have a song, you have you have uh, a gift to sing, or you have a gift to pastor, or you have a gift... Uh, of helps or you have a gift um, of prophecy or or exhortation or any of those gifts it is not your gift it's God's gift and and Joseph continued to use his gift but he also put it in proper perspective and made sure that he gave glory and honor back to God so we see we draw a lot of things from this story about Joseph and um, but he was he was transformed. What, what, what does that mean? And, you know, I told you that our primary scripture for this transformation series comes out of Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18. And I'm going to turn there real quick. But it really just talks about how, you know, as we continue to follow after God, 
that he continues to transform us and change us into his glorious image, right? And so um, that's what you see in the story of Joseph, that God is is molding Joseph's character. And again, like I said, here he is serving and interpreting other people's dreams when God has given him a dream that had not yet been fulfilled. But then we see after he interprets Pharaoh's dreams, <clears throat> after the cupbearer remembers him and he interprets Pharaoh's, dream, Pharaoh's dreams with the help of God, he um, he's, he's elevated to this high position of leadership. I mean, here it is, y'all. He continued to serve in spite of being overlooked and forgotten. My God, he continued to serve uh, even though he had been overlooked and, and somewhat forgotten, right? But God doesn't forget. People may forget, but God sees. He sees your service. And we need to do it with the right heart, with the right intent, and with the right motive. What And that is to please God, right? And here Joseph is. He ain't even asking for himself. He said, this is what you need to do, king. There's going to be seven years of plenty, seven years of lack. You need to appoint wise men. He didn't even say appoint me. He didn't say pick me. He didn't say put me in the game, coach. He said appoint other people. I mean, this here he is just serving, y'all. But he's serving with the right intent and with the right heart and with the right motive. And that is simply to please God. Man. That's where that's where I'm at, y'all. <laughs> that's really where I'm at. That's where I've been at at the end of the year, at the beginning of the year. It was just like, Lord, I just want to serve well in my business, right? Help me to serve well. Thank you for every business idea, every creative idea, and just help me to serve well. Help me to serve well in my marriage. Help me to serve well, you know, in my church. Help me to serve well. As I teach your word, help me to serve well. That's just been my prayer. And I believe that's what God does. He's, he, he's constantly molding us and refining our character. Why? So that we can be, we can have the right heart, right? We can have the right heart, the right motive. Then, man, that that dream his dreams are are bigger than we can than we can imagine his dreams for us are bigger than we can imagine i mean here joseph is he's second in command uh, to the pharaoh a hebrew slave y'all <laughs> you can't tell me that god won't elevate you if you keep the right heart posture and serving him, you can't tell me. 
<clears throat> Let's jump over real quickly and talk about Elijah. <laughs> um, you know, Elisha followed Elijah. <laughs> so one is with J-A-H and the other one is with S-H-A at the end. And Elisha left. He went back, <laughs> killed an oxen, burned up his equipment and just start following Elijah. Right. Um, God had given him instructions that, you know, Elijah was going to actually um, take his place as prophet. But it was still a process. And, and, and Elijah um, served Elijah faithfully. And when we see um, Elijah is a, uh, Elijah is getting ready to be taken up by the Lord. And we see this whole dynamic where Elijah, Elisha would refuse to leave um, to leave with really his spiritual father. He refused to leave, even though Elijah was like, you know, I need to go to Gilgal, Gilgal and you need to stay here. And several times he told Elisha to stay there. And Elijah, ref Elisha refused to stop following him and serving him even until even up until he was taken. Um, he, he had proven himself to be a really loyal servant. Um, and, and because he refused to stop serving, right? He refused, um, to let what, what, what many could have <laughs> constituted or could have been construed are understood as um, rejection from Elijah, his spiritual father. <laughs> this story really teaches us. I don't really have to get into it. I might have to talk about it again, but it teaches us about rejection, right? That um, rejection might actually be a test to see if you are going to remain loyal in service. <laughs> Rejection is sometimes a test to see if you're going to be loyal in your service. So sometimes our perception of rejection is really just a test to see if our heart is, is, is really to serve. Man, y'all. <laughs> so here Elisha is and his mentor, his father, his spiritual father He's following him and he's following him. And he said, you know, you stay here because I got to go up. You stay here. He's like, no, no, no. He refused to leave. He refused to stop following who God had called him to serve. My God, he refused um, even in the midst of what could have been considered rejection. <laughs> Sometimes rejection is a test to see if you's going to remain loyal to your call of service. And here we see Elijah refusing, refusing to um, stay, <laughs> refusing. He actually refused an order from his mentor, right? He refused a request from his his mentor. He refused to leave his side. He refused 
to stop following him, even though the mentor was like, okay, you can stop following me now. Sometimes that's a, it's just a test, right? Sometimes it's just a test to see if you're going to, if you're still loyal and if you're going to be really be committed to following and serving, um, even, even if you feel like you're being rejected or, you know, are left behind. <laughs> um, let me draw this scripture out. And then we're going to wrap up. I hope you've been getting something out of this. Um, Second <laughs> uh, Kings chapter 2. And really it's um, verse 1 through 18. But I really want to, um, excuse me, hold in on. Um, yeah, chapter Second Kings chapter two, and I really want to hone in on verse one and two. It says, now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elijah said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so they went down to Bethel and the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elijah and said to him, do you know, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha. Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Now we jump down and I didn't read from second Kings chapter two, verse one through six so far. And then uh, I'm going to jump to Verse eight, then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water and the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. Number nine, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken away from you. And Elijah said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am been taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And, and as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated to the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it and cried, my father, my father.
the chariots of Israel and his horsemen, and he saw him no more. And then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into in two pieces and took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. So here we find there were people in Elijah's ears saying, hey, don't you know that your mentor, your spiritual father is getting ready to leave here? And he said, I know, and I want you to keep quiet. <laughs> Don't you keep coming to me with this um, message. He was kind of shutting down, you know, this message because he, he said, look, this doesn't change the fact that I'm going to keep following him until he is caught up or until the Lord takes him. He said, as long as you live, I will not leave you. What did he saying? I'm not going to stop serving you. I'm not going to stop following you. I don't care what's getting ready to happen. <laughs> this is what you see when this is Elisha being really, um, he's serving and he is willing to follow. And there are people coming saying, you know, why do you continue to follow him? Basically, because he's getting ready to leave. Why do you keep following him? Sometimes we leave too soon and we miss what God wants to do. Right? God gave Elisha a double portion. Why? Because he, he, he showed himself um, a servant, um, a loyal servant, in spite of what he knew was getting ready to happen. He was getting ready to lose his mentor, his spiritual father, his his guide, his teacher. And yet. He still had dedicated himself, he said, not only do I want to just follow and serve you, but I want to really follow in your footsteps and I refuse to leave. Matter of fact, I want to carry on and carry forward this mantle. I want to govern my life after the things that you've taught me, right? And so that's a powerful, you see that he, his whole life was transformed because he was willing to really follow and serve Elijah. And God used Elijah, after Elijah was caught up, God used Elisha to do and continue the mighty works and walk in the footsteps, you know, and carry for the mantle that Elijah had begun. All because he remained loyal in service. Man, y'all, I mean... There is such a blessing in <clears throat> following after God and serving him. Right? And recognizing the call of service is not always easy. And as I mentioned before, many people could have, you know, Elijah said, kept saying, stay here. And the servant, <laughs> Elijah said, as the Lord liveth, 
as you liveth, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to stop following you. There's nothing you can do about it, <laughs> right? There's nothing you can do to stop me from really following after you. And so you see that his life was transformed and changed because of his dedication to service. You know, the moment we believe God calls us into service. I mean, we make it about a whole lot of different things. But every gift, every talent is for God's glory and for the upbuilding of his kingdom. And we see that sometimes serving <laughs> and serving, you're going to be you're going to be faced with different challenges. You're going to be faced with people trying to deter you from what God has called you to. You're going to be faced with what may feel like rejection and like I said, oftentimes rejection is a test to see if you're going to stay loyal to what God called you to do. But God is working on our character as we serve. Right? He teaches us integrity while we serve. He teaches us the importance of not abandoning uh, our call, our, you know, our assignment in serving. Man, it's so much meat in this, y'all. And so I, I really am trying to give it to you, <laughs> um, you know, in, in a practical and simplified manner. But you got you to gotta be consistent and you got to be loyal to the call to serve. And you got to let God, and I want you to stay dedicated even in the midst of what feels like rejection or maybe um, disappointment. I mean, it doesn't say it in Joseph's story, but I'm pretty sure that there were times that Joseph questioned what God had showed him when he was younger what dream that God had planted in his heart when he was younger, because the circumstances he found himself in didn't look like nothing God showed him at first. And here Joseph continues to serve and God is refining his character so much so that even his character, when it's tested, um, it, it was proven and it was tried. And, you know, we don't always pass the test, but we see Joseph passing the test, not going to test. I, there are some tests that I just got a complete fail <laughs> in and I had to do it over. But there are some tests where I'm like, Lord, I'm so glad in that test. I really heard you and followed you. So there are some tests that I came out with some A pluses. But all in all, I think the lesson is. All of the tests are to make you better, right? I mean, it depends on how you take the lesson. I mean, I, I believe that Joseph discovered then that, 
you know, not to not to share his dreams prematurely about what God showed him <laughs> with the wrong people, especially people who there was there was envy and jealousy and favoritism. I mean, at play. I mean, but man, God transforms us as we serve him. What are we transformed into? Into his glorious image. <laughs> Back to our foundational scripture for this series, the transformation series, y'all. <laughs> and I told you God was giving me some different things and different perspectives of transformation because a lot of times when we think about transformation, we think about an event, right? Something that all of a sudden we just transformed overnight, we're changed overnight. But really, God's been showing me like transformation is me uh, refining your character. It's molding you throughout the lessons and and different uh, seasons of life. And I'm continually perfecting your character as you follow on to know me, as you commit to serving me, as you hunger after me. And it's not just an event. It is an ongoing process. I'm continually making you and molding you. And sometimes when we teach about transformation, we're teaching uh, sometimes just about an event or, or an occurrence or some type of instant, you know, <laughs> some type of instant experience. Right. And sometimes God will do that, too. You know, <laughs> the Damascus Road experience was definitely you know, a transformation where, where, where Saul was converted, <laughs> his name was changed from Saul to Paul. So his conversion seemed like, you know, but I still believe that God had a process and maybe that he just was resisting the call of God on his life. And it was kind of distorted. Um, and God had to, you know, <laughs> give him this, 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 this dramatic, right, experience to really get his attention. And sometimes God does that to us, right? He, he, he uses dramatic, um, experiences to get our attention, but transformation oftentimes is a process by which we're constantly being changed to reflect the image of God. So God is constantly working on us as we walk with him and as we continue to submit our life to him and as we continue to serve him, he's perfecting our character. All right, guys, I hope you got something out of this uh, episode and uh, I want you to be blessed. I hope you were encouraged. Again, this is your host, Debbie Harris with In Hot Pursuit, where we strive to bring you biblical truth and introspection and stir your heart to hunger after God. You guys be blessed.